Welcome to The Take, where I sit down with filmmakers, artists, and world-class racketeers, and we talk about story, life in the biz, and what it all means. Today I sit down with writer and director J.L. Topkis, or less formally known as Jake Topkis. Jake just inked a distribution deal for his first feature film, In Searching, which will be distributed through Lionsgate, in which he shot in his hometown of Park City, Utah. Jake has also ventured into the medium of VR filmmaking and just created a VR short film for Rain Wilson's company, Soul Pancake. Jake has got an amazing knowledge of comics, superheroes, the hero's journey, myths and legends, and, and how that affects his creation of characters and influenced his insight into movies and movie making. I hope you enjoy this conversation with J.L. Topkins. This is your first podcast? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're wow. popping the pod I'm po- cherry. popping the pod cherry? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's quite an honor. I don't know if I can take that responsibility on. Maybe. What I, does that entail? Do I have to like... I feel like I have to speak at like 1.5 speed or something. <laughs> yeah. Like that's how I actually hear podcasts. Yeah, oh, you do listen at 1.5? Yeah, I really do try to go to really? 1.5. I mean, both of us, we listen to so many podcasts. Yeah. It's like, I feel like it's going to add up, right? It's like if you listen to every podcast on 1.5, think about like in a year how many... How much minutes, more you'll acquire. Yeah, yeah. Like I can, you can burn through more. You can do other things, and I've tried times two. Yeah. But at that point, you're just robbing yourself. Like my, my brain can't work like that. I'm not actually processing the ideas well enough before yeah. the next thing comes up. Have you seen that thing where it like flashes a like you read a book, but it flashes each word at you and one at a time, so you can yes. read it really quick. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I've 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 seen I've seen like web apps that like, like can translate like pages like that. And is that like a that hoax? Does work or really is this fast. A, can people actually read a book like that though? Can you? How much do you actually think? I mean, I'm a slow reader. Like, uh, th- that that type of interface seems to go help me go faster. Almost like a lawyer. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, Where yeah. like you're like that not like cool. cuddling up next to a fire and reading like that. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, exactly. But uh, okay, so welcome, welcome to the Thanks, the man. take. Yeah, yeah. Appreciate you being my second uh, inner person on the on the podcast, and you're first. Happy to take it up. Yeah, happy yeah. to take it up. So yeah, I mean, guess we can just go into. I mean, we've been working together for damn more than ten years. More than ten years. Because yeah, I, I graduated high school in two thousand eight. And we were, I guess that was around the first time we started doing things like in earnest. In earnest, but what was the, uh, what year was, um. Twice over? Twice over. That, that was, was 2009. That was 2009. Because it was, yeah, I, I was freshman year at Emerson College. Uh, I knew I wanted to do a short over the summer. Okay. And we planned two. And, uh, yeah, twice over was the first short we did. So it would have been like, you know, yeah, May or June of 2009. Wow. Like as soon as I got back from college or whatever, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. You, you were probably still in high I school. I was still in high school. Yeah, yeah. So just to, just to hit the record, we've worked on four projects together, right? If am I wrong? I mean, so we have we have uh, yeah, it's, uh, three shorts and a feature, and a VR. Yeah, so actually yeah, five. Wow. Yeah, so yeah, that, yeah, so that's yeah. That's what that's what that's what made the, the count off. It's like yeah, we've done weird things like the Channel One Hundred One oh, pilot and, and stuff, and but it's like yeah, yeah. the ones that are like you know heartbeat production, like serious, like full put together things would be like yeah, twice over. Then we did Ties and Night were on, and then the feature. Yeah, I think those would be like the main things. Those would be the things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So for so you so Jake Topkis, you know you are a filmmaker, writer, actor, producer. Not actor. I've you're acted. A little, you are a little bit actor. I, you yeah, know, I, I am act. so used to saying that myself. With yeah, my yeah, little, exactly. Like, little cheesy introduction that I just. It's funny. On you. There's still people that see me as like an actor too, and it helped to start that way. Like uh, like in high school, 
uh, it was that like superhero parody we wanted to do. Yeah. I played Lightning Lad, the main character, and it was mostly because um, I had had some actor training. Like I thought that's how I wanted to break into like show businesses, show business or whatever. Before I realized like I mostly cared about telling the stories. But in high school, a lot of the acting for me was like. I know I'm the one who's going to show up every day. Like I'm the one who's always going to be there because yeah. I'm the one like producing the thing. And so it's like, you know, I hard to ask one of my friends to just like show up and be lightning lad for like X amount of time. Yeah. So it's like, like I'll will you wear it. this uh, outfit yeah. and run around town? Like, yeah, exactly. I'll, I'll, fuck it, I'll just do it. Yeah. 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 A thousand percent. And, and <laughs> like that, but that helped me like when I started caring more about like directing, like I knew certain things would be like annoying for an actor or just certain things that like are harder than it seems. Yeah. Uh, I felt like I, I knew what I was asking, I guess, more, which yeah. was helpful. Yeah. Just, just yeah, we have a good history. We have a good history. Just so everyone knows, we, I mean, you, the year after you graduated Emerson Film School, you you uh, produced, wrote, and directed a feature-length film. Exactly. And yeah. that, that's pretty, I mean, not most people, year out of the fil- uh, film school, go for the uh, the gusto like that. Thanks, man. Yeah. yeah. It's, you know, it's funny. That was, that was my goal for all four years of college. I knew... I wanted to make short films every summer to with with each one improving on the last such that yeah the summer after I graduated I felt like I could actually do a feature yeah which yeah in our case as many people do like it was based on one of the short films we made uh and yeah I mean I I think that's the a good path for a lot of people for me it was like try to get your resources together for a feature or try to go to like grad school and I was told by a professor that the only reason for like a filmmaker, I, I guess the, the reason for a filmmaker like myself to go to grad school for a film would be if I felt like I hadn't found my voice and it'd be like more time for you to like figure out who you are as a filmmaker and like make some things within like a system. And I definitely didn't want to spend like time or money that way for that reason. Like I, I definitely felt like the films we made together in college, like I totally had found my, whatever my voice would be at that point. Like I got it enough that I knew the feature was the right thing to do. And like, yeah, that that's been very helpful. That's a really cool way to put it. I feel like uh, most people don't consider the fact of grad school or make a film. I mean, yeah, I remember having arguments with my parents a little bit. Uh, this yeah. I was like, you know, because I, I went to uh, college four years and studied acting. Yeah, and I was like, well, instead of that money, let's make a movie. And they're like, yeah, right. No, yeah, <laughs> you know, but but it's, but it's a little different when you're talking about grad school now instead of undergraduate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think I think. Right. My, my parents would have never let me not go to four years of undergrad. Like they, uh, th- that would have been tough. I would have had to like break away basically. Like, uh, that was important. But I, when I think about it too, like our, I think our generation is going to talk about college in a different way than our parents talked about college yeah. with us. Like, um, it, and it really does depend on what you want to do. Uh, you know, like if you go to like, I guess it's sort of a cliche, but it's like, if you go to school for like dentistry, you could kind of like expect to be like a dentist at the end of it. Uh, but if you go to grad school as a filmmaker, it's still kind of just like based on how well you can put something together in your, like how, how good is your portfolio going to be? Yeah. And, and so it's like work on your portfolio. <laughs> like, it's not, it's not, no one's you, ever asked me where I went to school. No, <laughs> like, you don't come in for an audition for an actor and they go, Ooh, you went to USC. Yeah. Like, yeah. Give them the role. It seems very helpful for like certain interviews and stuff, but like, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get an agent. I'm trying to be seen as a director. Like, I just need to, like, make things. Make things, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting what you're saying, our parents' view of college. Because exactly how we grew up, it was like, oh, you're going to college and there's not a, a an inch of room that you're not. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, and I feel like the next generation, there will be more consideration of, well, what are you trying to pursue? What's the best route for that, you know, 
achievement and it's not just well of course you go to college then you figure things out absolutely no i think so and even just like with people accepting online universities more like yeah, that's more just like socially acceptable yeah like uh i think that's gonna be really helpful people will be able to do that in their own time and obviously just like for people that are struggling it's like tough to you know invest in like that much time in college where you're gonna have to like work full time it's like it, it, i don't know it, it just becomes like a different situation for a lot of people it's like really difficult but i think about the time that passes from like uh that sort of thing like or how expectations change over time i guess i could say like uh when we were planning in searching like i was telling you like for four, for more than four years i wanted to do a feature when i graduated college but like when i first had that idea the films that i was like aiming towards it was stuff like garden state or napoleon dynamite mm -hmm. and then it's funny how like by the time you make the film like the industry's evolved enough that like you know it, it would be hard for those films to even like break through today yeah like uh and and yeah like the sort of indie feature landscape is like uh you know very fractured and challenging um and so yeah it's like we we we, we finished college made what was like our garden state our napoleon dynamite uh and now it's just like you have to look at the landscape of like 2018 instead of like uh you know early 2000s when those films came out yeah <laughs> it's like very different i mean you're lucky enough that you we, you just got a distribution deal with the film right yeah exactly yeah we're, we're, we're signing the final things and getting it getting that all set but we should be able to release in searching later this year that's very cool yeah and i mean that's something i feel like you, you know you go into the film and you know that post-production is going to be big and long but it was it was very challenging for this film right i mean it yeah it, I mean, it was rough because it's like we're working on a certain scale it's it's a lot of just like friends who are willing to put in time over their weekends and stuff and like that was that was me and scott like um, you know my friend scott morris editing the thing it was like we would edit sometimes like friday nights saturday sunday and then during the week we're like doing different work like tr you know trying to stay afloat and it's like uh takes a long time when you're just going over the weekends you, you can't get momentum in the same way mm -hmm. and then you go into just like the sound designs, certain visual effects. It's like you're operating on such a different scale that like, uh, you know, for example, I guess like the main thing is like, I felt like I could never like rush people, you know, it's like, I'm definitely not paying them enough to rush them. And like, they're my friends. So like, I don't want to pressurize the situation, which should just be like making a film with your friends. Yeah. Like, you know, it's serious work, but like, it's not worth it if everyone's going to have like a rough attitude. So it's like, you know, you try to be easygoing about these things, but it's like, yeah, it's, 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 you know, it's rough when you're just like trying to do it like on an indie level. Yeah. Uh, but maintain quality. Like. Yeah. That's, that's the line. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, maintain yeah. friendships. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Definitely. I want to bring it back a little bit when we talked about, uh, lightning lad and you playing lightning lad. And, oh, yeah. and that is definitely a theme through your work. I mean, you were, uh, inspired by Superman and comics yeah, and I wonder, much. I wonder if you could talk on um, uh, how that has influenced your uh, take on storytelling and and, yeah. and kind of what you're trying to do with it. Well, it's 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 been my biggest influence, uh, comics and sequential art. Like, uh, you know, as a kid, like your your way into comics is superheroes because that's the overwhelmingly like popular genre. Mm -hmm. But what you don't notice when you're a kid is you're, you're training your brain to think in terms of. Um, moment to moment action and so like literally like y you know you look at a page of a comic if it has uh nine panels or if it has four panels or if it's just a one panel splash page um 
it's it's an artist it's a storyteller saying for example like in this fight scene i'm going to cover it in six different shots or i'm going to cover it in two shots like i just need to pull these two moments and you'll that's all you need to know and like that the whole time was like training my brain to think as a filmmaker because when i was first diving into film the thing i loved the most was uh storyboarding yeah because i'd drawn comics as a kid and it's like for storyboarding it's really just the, the trick of it, I guess, would just be that you have to imagine the shots you need before you are there. And, you in, know, you, in there. just to interject, you ruined uh, me for storyboards because oh, no. my first introduction to storyboards was through you. <laughs> and there were these beautiful storytelling <laughs> comics, and you, you could almost, like, you know, enjoy them by themselves. And Thanks, now, sub- subsequently, you know, what I, what, I, what I get now in storyboards does not, does not uh, match up. Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah I, I appreciate that. I was I was very like religious about storyboarding the short films, and then it, it's tough because then like for our feature, you know, it became, you know, I'm like producing it. I'm doing a lot of like the arranging and stuff in pre-production. I I couldn't find the time to storyboard the entire thing, especially because I kept rewriting it mm-hmm. and stuff. Uh, and and so that's where I had to like you know evolve and like I storyboarded certain moments and then just like shot listed in a very like specific way, which is like the written version of a storyboard. But, um, yeah, starting into storyboards, like, it, it's basically, like, if comics are just telling a story with words and pictures, that's, like, how you would want to break down a film. Whereas, like, if you're reading a book, um, it's such an ephemeral art form, you know, it, it, you're getting in different more, it, filmmakers would make that book into three different types of films. True, yeah. Like, uh, whereas, like, if you were to translate a comic book, uh, you could actually translate it directly if you wanted to, you know, like a movie like Sin City did that where it's like literally just every comic book panel put onto the film. Um, where a comic book is a visual storytelling and uh, novels, obviously you're in the head of the character. Exactly. You know? Yeah, exactly. It's like, and, 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 you know, there's certain things about that that are, are an advantage. Like um, film is a time sensitive medium, but comics are not. So mm-hmm. when you look at a comic book page, you can see the next panel and you can see the previous panel in your peripheral vision and like you know, if you if you if you misread something, you could flip back and like check it out, see what you missed. Just a film way. is you know thundering forward at a constant rate that you can't control, and and you know that becomes the main difference. But as an art form, you know, like I've I've studied it a lot, and like there there are even like Pentagon studies about how uh, comics are the most useful education tool, and that, that that would be why like when you're in an airplane, you know, the most popular comic is the the little comic telling you how to get out of the fucking oh, wow. airplane when it's on fire. Yeah. Like, this is what I never made that connection. Episode. Yeah, man. It's because comics activate the left and right side of your brain at the same time because you, of reading and then visual interpretation. You, your whole brain is lit up in a very active way. Whereas like with a film, you could watch it passively and like kind of go numb a little bit. You, most people don't, but like you, you could. Yeah, that, that's so interesting with the airplane. I'll never look at one of those uh, yeah. the same again. Yeah, man. I bet yeah. you. I bet you now see that around uh, in daily life a lot. Yeah, exactly. I mean, even like you know, slippery when wet. It shows the the image, yes. right? I mean, it's, yes. And I, I love that stuff too. Yeah. Like, uh, the the idea of taking an image and crystallizing it down into one moment. If you're good at that, like you would be good at a lot of parts of filmmaking. Um, and that's so uh, interesting. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of early comic book artists, like coming out of World War II, uh, they had done like instruction manuals for uh, the army where like they'll make a comic about like how to put together your gun or like how oh, to wow. notice if your gun's going to like misfire and like just certain tactical things. And it's like 
still true today. Like if you wanted to teach someone something, it most people would learn best from a comic book. A comic book. Yeah. That is nuts. We're we're teachers and people look down on comic books. They're actually oh, man. potentially the best educational tool. I, I yes, a thousand percent. <laughs> and, and teachers are like coming around to that finally. But yeah, I dealt with that in you know in high school and stuff growing up. Like I wanted to. That that is what I wanted to read and like um, you know I guess it's hard to imagine now because there's so many franchises that take advantage of these like properties and stuff and like a lot of people give comics the respect they deserve but like back then man it was tough <laughs> like yeah. uh, you know y- y- you're sure you're reading like very literate interesting things but uh, the teachers around you grew up at a time when comics were uh, pretty silly and just like not for adults yeah they, they treat so it the same biased. way as texting on your phone if you're reading yeah. a comic book you'll <laughs> take and throw it in the trash yeah man exactly uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm glad that's changed, and, like, it, it still definitely informs uh, where I'm going today and how I think about, like, uh, the art form. It makes and you then, think they should make comic books for, for history and, you oh know, everything, for everything. I, I, I can, yeah, I, I know I would have uh, retained certain, like, yeah, history How much stories. more excited would you be to go home and read about, <laughs> you know, like, you know, like, the Roman Empire is such a crazy cool yeah, uh, history, and how you learn it in school sometimes can be so bland. Exactly. Why? Yeah, it doesn't have to yeah, be that way. I know, and, and comics are so mass produced. Like it, it honestly like could be done that way. And like, uh, yeah, I, like my, my dad used to joke about how like he tricked me into learning how to read by like getting me into comic books because reading never felt like a chore to me. Um, you know, they are objectively like easier to digest than just like a page from a novel. It's yeah. like I get like I love reading novels too. Like obviously, like literature is too valuable to like not look at, but. Um, you know, at the end of the day, like when you're doing homework and your parents are trying to get you to do like reading practice, like you could just be reading a comic book. Like, yeah. uh, you're still doing you're, you're it. Still doing <laughs> yeah. I mean, now, do you, do you find that, uh, is this something you get better at where you don't look at the last panel until you're ready? And oh, is that, it's almost yeah. teaching like self-control. It really is. Yeah. It's, it's tough. I have had to get that, those self-control moments where I get the sense that there's a moment coming and it's just like, I really don't want to know until I'm there. It's like teaching you mindfulness. Yeah. It's like stay in the moment. Yeah, exactly. Yes, that's there. That's and then the like, you know, as comic book authors have become more and more aware of that, you'll see now that like they're designed in a way that's like, it's trying to control like when you have to turn the page, what you can see. Sure. Uh, you know, it helps where like they place the advertisements in a comic book. Like those are actually like intentionally placed in places to like avoid spoilers on the next page. Oh, interesting. Uh, and now like, you know, if you're, if you're looking at a comic on um, a mobile device, they have like the e-reader version of comics. They'll show you like one panel at a time panel, yeah. kind of thing. And like that kind of helps too. every panel is like a surprise because yeah. you can't see it. Uh, but yeah, no, all of that does come back to just like the construction of a scene in a film, you know, like, how are you actually going to introduce an audience to a new place and move them around it and keep people's sense of where certain objects mm-hmm. are in the room? Like, that you, you need to maintain, like, all of that stuff when you're making a film. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and aside from uh, the structure of comics and the relatability to scene structure and film shots, there's also, I feel like, in your work, a connection between the... Um, kind of the moral characters of some of these comic books and, yeah. what, and what you try to carry into film. Yeah, yeah, no, thanks. I mean, uh, I, I have tried to, like, weave that in because, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm talking about comics a lot, but it, it, it does all, it does eventually always circle around the superhero genre. Mm-hmm. And, like, I, I've joked that, you know, it, it's very, like, common in Hollywood. Like, every five years, there will be an article about how the superhero genre is dead. And I just, like, laugh every time because it's, like, a superhero is basically just a hero with an unusual ability or a tool. 
you know, it's either like a fucking lightsaber or the force. Like either one of them. Or can a make Greek you. myth. Yeah, 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 exactly. Right. And it's just like, I can't imagine that ever not being part of our storytelling mm-hmm. canon. Like I, it's, it does directly tie into like hero with a thousand faces and just sure. this idea of like, we've always told hero myths. And so, yeah, like when I look at, I grew up a lot with like Batman, Superman, Spider-Man and like, um, you know, yeah, like the, a lot of people appreciate these characters now from the movies, but uh, they really, I, 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 I really found it fascinating, the mythology around all these characters, because they're written by so many different authors, like every Batman story could be by a different author, mm-hmm. and yet you're feeling like the spirit of Batman in each one, and like, you can see the strength of certain characters, like the, the durability of the genre to me is like, you look at last year, we had, in like a one month period, I think it was, we had the Lego Batman movie come out, we had Wonder Woman come out, and then we had Logan come out. And those three movies to me like couldn't be more different. And yet like they can be all thrown in the same like superhero film bucket. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, Batman, like you can have the, the Nolan the Christopher Nolan version of Batman. It's just like really intense and like uh like a police thriller, but you can just as easily have the Lego Batman or the Adam West Batman where you know, you're keeping the spirit of the character, but uh, you're not taking certain elements as seriously or trying to connect them to, you know, what's going on in contemporary society. Uh, And then, you know, yeah, with a film like Wonder Woman, you know, it's easy for, like, a white guy like myself to, like, you know, look over something like that. But I've learned a lot about how representation matters. And, like, you can see it so clearly based on fan reactions to that movie and just how... You know, whether it's just, like, a picture of, like, a little girl, like, looking up at, like, the Wonder Woman poster, and it's, like, finally someone, like, looks like her, and, like, uh... Even as important as that's what they get to be for Halloween this year. Yes, Instead yeah, Instead exactly. of being a, uh, a cheerleader, they yeah. can be a badass warrior. Exactly. And, you know, a lot, a lot of the female hero characters are, like, derivative of the male characters, so you'd have, like, Batgirl or Supergirl, sure. and it's, like, they're derivative of... They're, like, sexy versions of... Yeah, yeah. I mean... And, and it's, like, to have Wonder Woman, it's, like, she was the first, like, iconic female uh, superhero and like she definitely stands on her own, on her own yeah. and like uh that was just like really well done in that way um and then yeah like if we're talking just in last year like when logan came out it's like there you have like your r-rated slasher that's like you know i mean that that, that film is kind of almost like a noir like um very like character-centric piece it which was, was cool great, I, it, was, like, it was enjoyable to watch a uh, a superhero genre movie where it's it is showing you the blood, and it yeah, is, it yeah. was it, it, at a point it almost felt like a horror movie. Yeah, there was definitely. a slight moment where there was like the multiple Logans. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, "Whoa, this is like." You it know. does get into yeah, 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 and and like you know, I think, uh, you know, I've never been someone who's just like all these films. Like, I want to see like the R-rated Batman film, so like Batman can finally be taken seriously. Like, I know Batman doesn't need to be rated R at all. I think the the help with some of those things, especially with a character like Logan, is you need to be able to feel the consequences of these incredible like actions they're taking Mm -hmm. whether it's like if if it is like batman it's like the whether like what happens when you actually throw someone out of a window or like with logan it's like you have a guy with claws on his hands like we need to see what happens when like a guy with claws on his hands like fights someone like yeah a lot of the movies can like cut away from like the more brutal moments but it's like eventually you would want to see like the actual consequences of having fucking metal knives on your hands yeah sure. <laughs> and then you can go back to the other version yeah but it's it is fun to watch see all versions of something exactly and 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 uh i wonder if you could talk for a second on just like you know what superman means to you and how you maybe oh, you try to infuse yeah. that in in your protagonist in your story i know we yeah. touched on the hero myth, so yeah but. so like yeah our, our film in searching 
uh, we, we have like the characters in it that are like comic book fans and like and this is your feature film just showing yeah up. exactly like I, I you know in, in this case like I weave in themes of just like the main character John is like a reader of comic books and uh, his, you know his his antagonist in the film sees that as like a weakness that he's like hanging on to his childhood too much through the course of the film we see that John is very much willing to let go of his childhood and yeah in in, in this, regarding this particular theme it wraps up in a moment where you know, he's in a fight, he's in a scuffle with the person that just, like, doesn't accept John's, like, c character, and he sort of says, like, um, you know, you don't read Superman comics your whole life and end up being, like, a Cretan, which is just his shorthand way of saying, like, I've actually tried to wrestle with these issues over mm -hmm. the years. I'm not just, like, making it up as I go. Like, um, you know, I think there's, like, a, the Woody Allen line about, like, god or something like someone like compared says he points out that he's such like an egomaniac and he's like well i've got to compare myself to someone referring to god and it's like it, I, i'm not religious and so it's like i don't i don't need to follow like a particular like dogmatic text and so like if i'm reading superman comics like i because they're fictionalized uh it's so much easier to just take what you want from it and like mm -hmm. um you can sort of see the proofs in the pudding the characters lasted for 80 years now, like Superman was created, he was first published in 1938. He was created a little bit earlier than that. But, um, you know, it's like, which of these ideas actually stick and are relevant, like, over the years? Like, for me, like, to answer your question, though, about Superman being so important to me, uh, Superman was created by two young Jewish immigrants uh, in the 30s during the, like, they were in, like, poor households and, uh, you know, they were feeling oppressed. Um, and, like, to me, like, uh, you know, the beautiful thing about Superman is Clark Kent. Uh, that was kind of, like, their innovation with the character. It's, like, we've had something like Hercules before, but Hercules never had, like, a Clark Kent alter ego to him. Um, and so, like, now we have this modern sort of, like, Greek god type figure, but he has this humble side of himself where um, he, he actually just wants to be himself, like, a normal person most of the time. And, like it works as an escapist fantasy for fans because everyone I think wants to believe that at any moment you could rip open your shirt and show people who you truly are that wow. like, no, like I am more powerful it's than really you think I am. really showing your heart. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think it literally is a lot that. of yeah, that. <laughs> um, and, and I just find that like such a powerful uh, story. And I've, I've liked over the years the way uh, certain heroes have been twisted to be a bit more edgy. Um, it seems like every time they try to do that with Superman, it, uh, gets sort of like stuck in its time and it doesn't really work it's that's like not the enduring part of superman that's he, yeah, superman is not batman yeah he's not exactly yeah. and we need both of them for like different reasons mm -hmm. like uh batman every story is about fear and and the beautiful thing about batman is you know this terrible thing happened to someone and they devoted their life to just like never letting that happen to again you know mm -hmm. in the case of like his parents getting murdered in front of him and so he becomes this dark figure to fight darkness so Batman, Batman's very much about like fear. You know, it, it ties into like he's he's afraid of bats, sure. and so he becomes a bat. Superman is about hope, and it's just you you basically like you read a Superman story, and it's not about like uh, if he's going to solve the problem. Like what Superman does is he saves the day. So the question is like what? How do you save the day, or what's the right way to save the day? Like you know, you want to throw a problem in front of Superman that he can't just like punch his way out of. You have to actually just like be a good person and like not use all of your powers and and, that, and, and, and the Clark Kent uh, personality helps with that where he, you know he could save the day but maybe he you know uh, 
Lois hates him because of what he did. Yeah. So maybe exactly. maybe there's a way to uh, on his human side, you know, it's it's that balance which I think is really interesting. Yeah, a thousand percent. And they they've used that so well, and you know, the, the creators of Superman talk about how, you know, in high school and stuff like they were rejected by girls, and like I'm I'm sure there was a certain like bitterness out of that because their skills, their talents were in writing and drawing mm-hmm. and like those were nerdier things at that time like uh they, they weren't jocks yeah and so like uh it really is just the spirit of just like it, it also ties into just like the american immigrant story like that um if you're an immigrant you have something to offer like you can assimilate in a way and like it's you know it's nice to like assimilate a certain amount but we also want to see like what makes you you what you have underneath bring your culture yeah. to us a little bit and and so you know, yeah, Su- Superman really ties into like all those themes. I think really That's well. Super interesting. I never really thought as of Superman as an immigrant, but obviously, yeah, he, he comes from a different planet. Yeah, no, it it, it really makes you think. That's like, very interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, luckily, he's a white guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, but he was able to only put on a pair immigrant. of glasses and yeah, be exactly. And they, they, you know, like people compare Superman to Christ a lot these days, but the the creators saw it just as much as a uh, Moses story of just like a baby in a basket from oh, a dying wow. place, you know, like Moses's mom had to put the baby in a basket and the baby doesn't realize that they're, you know, what, what their bloodline is until uh, later, Moses yeah. has grown up. Yeah. And so like, it's very much that type of thing. It's very interesting. Uh, yeah. 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 These, these stories and these myths behind them go much deeper than most people think. Definitely. Way deeper. And there is a dark side to it too. Like I, I like to think like, it's not literal, but like timeline wise, it's like Germany, Nietzsche in, in Germany created the Ubermensch and like people talk about that concept during like the rise of like Nazis and stuff and there's even like the idea of an Ubermensch quickly can go into like eugenics and stuff mm-hmm. like building the perfect man which is like quickly becomes like a really disgusting thing and so it's so funny that these these two young Jewish kids right at right at the onset of like Nazi Germany stole the Ubermensch from Germany and b- made Superman which becomes just like a very inspirational, like American figure, uh, and I, I just find all of that like That's really very interesting. interesting yeah. yeah, yeah. We always would have had some for version of Superman, but like this is the one we have, and like I'm, I'm into that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's great. I mean, I feel like most people don't know that that back history, and that's that, that gives it more power. Yeah, I mean, know? there's some interpretation there. Like, unfortunately, like a lot of this stuff isn't super well documented because, mm-hmm. you know, like. Uh, people weren't giving these like comic book authors like the respectable like interviews and like introspective at the time like yeah, yeah. That, that wasn't happening at the time <laughs> yeah, but yeah that's very interesting so i guess and then now i guess i want i want to you know kind of go into what you've been working on uh for the past few years which is really interesting it's uh vr filmmaking oh yeah man. yeah so this is like obviously you know many people are like it's going to take over it's the future of film and you've kind of stepped right into it and made uh Four VR films now. Yeah, yeah, several. Yeah, I've made a few commercials, a few short films. Yeah, which which you've been in, and um, our most recent one is called Side by Side, and it was released on Soul Pancakes uh, Facebook page. Okay, and very cool. It uses cool. some interesting like 360 audio that we were like experimenting with, um, and yeah, I've, I have found it fascinating. It does go back into, you know, my gateway into all of this has just been an interest in visual storytelling, mm-hmm. and so, you know. If, if we started talking about this through comics and storyboarding, now with 360 uh, cinema, you you have no frame. Like, the storyboard would have no borders to it. You're drawing everything around you. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, I don't, I no longer storyboard. I, I, I draw certain 
compositions that I'm trying to get, but, um, you know, mainly you just do like a, a floor plan type, like overhead drawings of like where things are in the room and where you put the camera in the room. Uh, and, um, it's like it's, theater in a, in a way. Yeah. Right? I, I very much see it as theater in the round. I think for actors, you know, like, uh, VR storytelling, um, usually involves having like long takes cause you really want to get seen. people like, in the moment. Yeah. yeah. So it's like an actor knows that they're like always seen on the stage and like, um, these little things they do are actually going to be noticed by somebody because I, 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 you know, as the director, you can't control where someone's looking. Um, so instead you try to build in certain moments to like encourage people to look this way or that way. And, um, there's a lot of ways to do that. But the exciting thing is just that for me, like every VR I do, I try to make sure that you can't fully appreciate it in one sitting because you don't have eyes on the back of your head. So I, I guarantee you're missing half of what we created at, when you watch it for the first time. And so I want to know that when you turn turn around and look at that other half, the next time you're watching it, it actually is giving you um, more story. Like you, you actually see the story in a new light as well. Um, and that, that, that's a super cool element that you just said because I feel like a lot of VR films are kind of sensational. Yeah. Where it's, it's uh, watch this scene, but in VR. Yeah, and man. it's like, well, why? And, yeah. and and I remember you saying to me that you never want to make anything that can't be told not in VR. Right, exactly. Because I, I feel like, you know, the, the medium is the message, which is like a Marshall McLuhan book and whatnot. But, like, you think about it in a way where, like, uh, like my brother and I, we do a comic book on Instagram. And it's like, that couldn't be a short Plug film. it. What's yeah. It oh, yeah. Sorry. Okay, yeah. So if you follow uh, at the cave allegory on Instagram, you'll see this ongoing comic we've been doing that, like, when you look at it, you'll see that, like, it, it has to be posted on Instagram. It couldn't be a short film. And, like, yeah, the short films we've made, I don't think would work as VRs. And so I take that same thing, and it's, like, if I'm going to be making a VR, like, I want to tell a story that, like, should be a VR. Mm -hmm. And my, my pet peeve has been, like, I've totally seen, like, what you're saying, like, scenes that just get turned into 360. And just it's, to, like... Just for the sake of being a 360. Yeah, very gimmicky, and, like, it wasn't actually conceived in a way where, like, they know how cool it would be for 360 mm -hmm. and, like for a lot of these things like you just look you never even have to turn your head like you just look one direction and like you've actually seen the whole thing and uh that's super disappointing and then the other side of vr which is cool but not for me is that sort of like the sort of like you could call it like extreme sports sure. side of vr where it's like going underwater uh skydiving like all these things it's like other people are going to be way better yeah. at that than i ever will that's that's not what i'm trying to do yeah, it's experiential, and like, yeah. those are really cool, but it's not, uh, not storytelling in the same way. No, and, and the, the short uh, VR film that we worked on in Disarray yeah. is very cool because it shows, like, how many, ten different uh, sides of somebody? I think it was ten, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, so, so depending, it's a tessellation done in, like, a kaleidoscope-type pattern around you. So depending on where you look in the VR, you're going to see the character either wake up on a good day, a bad day, do this, that, and you can, again watch it you'd have to watch it 10 different times to watch each story play out exactly exactly and and like we you know when we were making that like you know like we were using devices that have been used in film like we see multiple versions of you walking around the room but when you're looking at that on a film you can interpret that all just like looking one direction but in vr it really is just like if there's 10 of you walking around the room like you can't look at all of them at once like you have mm -hmm. to actually like you can finally, like, on your third viewing, like, notice, like, oh, this guy was doing that the whole time. Like, sure. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So where do you, uh, I mean, you know, there's a lot of discussion about uh, where VR filmmaking is going, and some people think it's going to be, it's only going to be VR filmmaking in the future, or, or, or vice versa. What, what's your opinion on the uh, 
the future of VR filmmaking? Well, the, the limitation right now for the stuff I do is we're shooting it, you know, photographically, like with traditional film cameras and then stitching it together into like a 360 plane. And that's never going to be the best way to do it. The, the best way to do it is to build these experiences in a computer like a video game would be. Where you're able to move through it. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and like um, those, you know, the, the, the looks of like video games we've had so far have just been like so amazing that like you once you're in it, you don't really want to go back to like traditional gaming. Mm-hmm. And like um, I think it'll I think the future of VR, like it's going to meet this thing that's been happening for a while at a really good time, which is uh, the respective video games, which is funny, man. Like we're yeah. talking about like the respective different art forms and it's like comics took decades before like polite society, like respected them as literature and video games will have taken decades before they're respected yeah. as um, they used like, to say it would rot your brain or whatever, yeah, you know, or I remember these studies that came out that said when you play video games, your brain is completely turned off. Oh, God. And for anyone who plays video games, you go at your, well, no, it's not. It's not true. Yeah. It's not I true mean, at all. It, you know, a, a child can learn object permanence and like uh, spatial awareness, hand-eye coordination, um, tons of stuff. You, anyone who played Zelda, you read a lot. Yeah. Yeah. You read. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Sure. And, 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 you, and when you're experiencing a story, there's interpretation. There's like, you know, it's, 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 it's a powerful storytelling form. And so the future of VR film will look less and less like film than it does today and more and more like a video game. It's just like, that's where people like me get sort of priced out where it's like, I can make an indie VR project on like a low budget scale, Mm -hmm. but like I, I, you know, personally don't have the ability to like program something on a low budget place in in a low budget way. So that means I'm going to have to like partner up with, what would basically be like a software company, a video sure. game company. They have hundreds of employees like, that make, or video games, I mean, thousands of people yeah. these things. And to make these things look like as photorealistic and like visceral as you would want mm-hmm. them to look, like there's no cheap way to do it. And, yeah. and like, uh, you know, that that's where I have to rely on my storytelling skills because that will never, that part won't change. Like they, they will still need someone who knows how to like direct an audience through a story and knows how to use the medium to a certain advantage to like pull out certain moments that like that make a good story. Well, that's super interesting because I, I feel like some people have that kind of fear of, uh, you know, learn learn this skill and then oh, but it's gonna be taken over by this technology and I'll be outplaced. But you're saying learning storytelling yeah. will surpass any medium. Yeah, definitely because and and the, the the proof is just in history. Like, if you look at, like, uh, you know, if if you if you brought Edgar Allan Poe to current times, you like put him in a time machine and mm-hmm. brought him to today. He, his poetry and commentary on what he's seeing would be just as interesting to us. You know, there's, there's nothing actually outdated about the way Edgar Allan Poe uh, described, you know, his thoughts through poetry. It's obviously just like word choice and different things that only become dated. Sure, and like, yeah. for me, Antiquated like, words and yeah. And, and the, the, I think the tough choice for a lot of filmmakers and like artists today is like how much time to invest in like, certain software like like vr is a good example like there are these you know with the onset of vr there's these new programs that like you can edit with and and stitch vr together with and it's like some of them ultimately weren't that great and and some of them die off and so it's like which of these programs am i actually going to invest in learning like with editing film like i know how to use final cut i know how to use avid i know how to use premiere Mm -hmm. and there's basically just those three that you like need to learn and luckily those have been reliable enough through my like lifespan of film that like that's been all I've needed to learn but it's like there's new things that pop up like I tried to get into certain like visual effects software and stuff and it became just like uh too much to keep up with basically not it's worth like, it I mean yeah yeah it's like I could start to learn it but it's like 
there's there's people that are only focusing on VFX. I'm like, they're just, you know, I, I can learn like how to do certain things to like fix like a shot that I need to fix, but like sure. I'm never like I I have to invest my time carefully in like which of these like which of these programs I actually like know how to use really well because I I want to know how to use them really well. I don't want to just have like really cursory like surface level knowledge. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, like there's there's and that. with your goal in mind, I mean, just tell stories. It, yeah. So you, it all comes back yeah. to that. And, and, and I think for anyone, even even outside filmmaking, just writing in general, learning how to communicate your thoughts in a straightforward way, like that's one of the more useful skills you could ever have. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so like, you know, I, I luckily like had a lot of practice with that and like kept writing, you know, even outside of school, like as much as I could. And um, I'm, I'm constantly writing stuff and that, that's what keeps me thinking like that for sure. That's great. You know, you, I, I realized just how important writing is for everything. Yeah. I mean, to from a text message to an email to mm. a, I mean, in school, if I feel like you know, you learn about writing and as a, almost if it's like a, a separated subject. Yeah. Like, oh, here I learn how to be a good writer to do this, but it's like no writing influences everything. Yeah, definitely. In definitely. every facet of your life, whether it's you know romantic, yeah. business, like you, if you are a good writer, it will serve you well. Definitely. No, it's funny you even throw yeah. like text messages in because it's like. That's what I mostly see. Like I, I literally last night was like overhearing, like a long conversation about someone like directing someone else, like how to compose their text. Oh, it happens, right? And it's just like, and I knew this was like some. This was like yeah. people talking outside my apartment at like two a.m. And it's like, this is just going to be some drunk text that like gets consumed like very quickly. And it's Anyways. like you're you're analyzing every single word, and and uh, I love it just because uh, they were arguing over how to compose the text, and it's like it really matters, like. Um, if you use this word or that word, if you say certain things that are like too leading, too yeah, flirty, yeah, yeah, it's like it's it's hilarious and and like you clearly, send the, you send the winky instead of the smiley. It's yeah, a, that's man, a big. You it's, fucked. <laughs> you're fucked. Yeah, clearly a very <laughs> yeah. very useful skill. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah, man. Uh, so what 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 what's on your your plate next? I mean, you've made yeah. a plethora of shorts, feature, VR. I mean, what's yeah? So I'm I'm excited to be like finishing up this distribution deal to like finally have our first feature out there. That's gonna be cool. That, that's gonna really, bring. You know, it's gonna get good eyes on it. I I hope so, yeah. and like it'll it'll time out well because I'm I'm uh, basically ready with the draft of the next feature I want to do, and so you know I'm hoping this will help with that. And like you're trying to like connect these things, yeah. and like uh, after after spending a lot of time in VR, I know that I want to get back into uh, some traditional filmmaking again, and so I've been trying to take some meetings and like write some things that uh, you know I could do, um, and so yeah, for me like I'd like to get an agent. Like a manage management of some sort to just help me be able to pitch at like a higher level. Sure, so I have a right lot rooms. of things to like. I feel like I have a lot to share, and I can't get into enough rooms to share them right now. Yeah. And like, I'm gonna be trying to work at that, and then just uh, I know, you know, it's been over a year since I've made like a short film, and like I, I want to make something else to just show people what I can do today. Now what? Because yeah. that that's the thing with all of us. It's like you make something, and as soon as you're done making it. You've learned so much that like uh, you're ready to show how you've like improved. Yeah, now oh the next one you just yeah. wait to see that. Yeah, exactly, man. Well, so know, like I'm right in the middle there, like waiting cool. for that next one. Well, you know they say that you connect the dots back going backwards, right? You know, you know it's yeah. hard to tell about your career going forward, but you know I really feel like you know you've kind of dipped into so many avenues here, and it's going to surmount to become you know. Thanks, man. Your next big feature is gonna somehow involve VR and the storytelling and right. comics and you know whatever it is, it's going to. And I won't know until it gets. Yeah, you right won't in front know until you be like, oh, thank God I did yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to know this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you never man. know. 
yeah, dude. But, yeah. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that was awesome. Thank you for coming on. And cool. Uh, yeah, yeah. We'll do another one after yeah. uh, after the next project, and you can tell us about how you so much better you've gotten. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we could get into just like yeah, maybe after we do something again together, we could yeah. like break it down and stuff. And uh, yeah, that'd it, be it awesome. would be cool to come back just because like I'm sure your podcast would benefit from seeing how people like grow over time. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, no, I appreciate you doing this. Like, it's, yeah, it's, it's cool. cool to be able to like share ideas, and I think it's a good idea. Uh, nice. well, I'm glad I got to talk to you for this amount of time. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah.